Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your gospel. Help us to be still and attune ourselves to what you would have us know for this appointed time. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name and all God's children said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As you turn to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, uh, we're asking you with technology, uh, with the cell phones, or Androids, or uh, iPads, or whatever, that you would keep those instruments spiritual to the glory of God, and that you would turn to the notes section. Uh, those things have notes sections, and even when your children have them, have them take notes and over dinner, uh, have them to pull out those notes and tell you what they learned from the sermon. It doesn't matter whether they take five, six points, or whatever. Expect them to grow up spiritually. So guide them to the notes section. We don't want people playing games and moving around. And adults, you have no business texting and, and uh, doing all the sorts of things. You know, you can be in the church and your mind is out in the world. Won't you say amen? We have to teach our children and adults how to worship God. You can come to the house of God and not experience God. It is a parent's responsibility to teach our children how to worship and we can't teach them until we have a personal encounter with God, teaching them how to worship God by watching parents. Amen? Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 through 6 says, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And once again, we want to continue our theme, achieving success through godly decision-making. Achieving success through godly decision-making. And if we desire to make decisions that honor our Lord, it's critical that we cry out for discernment. Discernment is the God-given ability to be able to distinguish truth from error, from truth from false, to be able to lift up our voices for understanding uh, of life and issues. And um, silver is sought after. Gold and treasures of this world is sought after. And uh, we ought to seek wisdom even more than gold, more than treasure, more than silver, more than those things that are precious to the world, wisdom trumps them all. King Solomon asked God for wisdom. He did not ask for gold. He did not ask for fame or power because he knew the value of wisdom. Verse 5 says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge. Wisdom gives us knowledge. For the Lord gives wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. And if you want wisdom, James says, ask of God who gives to all of us liberally. If we seek God for wisdom, 
He's the all-wise God. From his mouth come knowledge. Hearing him speak, he provides knowledge. He provides understanding. He illuminates the mind. He all by himself gives spiritual insight and enlightenment so that we can walk wisely and circumspectly in an evil and perverted society in which we live. So achieving success through godly uh, decision-making is, is a critical thing to live life to the fullest of our potential. And with that being said, we want to take up what we left off on family day last time. Uh, number one, we must be determined to make the decision not to be paralyzed by our pain. We must be determined to make a decision not to be paralyzed by our pain. You see, my friends, you will not get through this life without experiencing physical pain. Uh, There will be times of emotional pain, emotional upheaval. There will be times of sickness simply because we're human. We're in a fallen, sin-cursed world. There will be times of abuse. There will be times of being misunderstood even when you try to do things the right way. At your best, you will be misunderstood. With your best intentions, you will be misunderstood. There will be times of disappointment. People will disappoint you. Your boss will disappoint you. A relative will disappoint you. There'll be times of abandonment. There'll be people leaving out of your life you thought never would leave. Sometimes they're friends. Sometimes they're relatives. Sometimes it's your own spouse. There are times of injustice. We're in a just, unjust society. There's corruption in government. We were in Rwanda. There's corruption there in government. We were in Uganda. There was corruption there in government. And we're in the USA. Don't you know that there's corruption in the USA government? But we oftentimes tell them, don't look to America. Look to Jesus because there's corruption in the U.S. government as well. America is not your hope. And, uh, and when you get to America, you'll find out that America is not heaven. <laughs> America has her eels. It's a, it's a great country to live in, and we thank God for living here. And we're blessed to be here, and God has blessed us even when we don't deserve to be here. But you better look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And uh, that's why it must be a judgment day, because of all the injustices in our society. All the waywardness, the rebellion, the cunningness uh, in our society. Yes, there's pain. Pain can come from a mom or dad who's biased or partial, who's mean, um, who's negligent. Pain can come from children after you've done all you could do. You've given them all you could. You prayed for them. You sacrificed for them. And they can treat you so bad as you grow older. Many times you're not thought about. Many times you're not even called, not even text, and not even appreciated. That's why you have to keep your eyes on Jesus and realize you're doing what you're doing for the glory of God. Your relatives can hurt you. And I'm talking to someone here who's been hurt deeply by relatives, whether they're siblings, in-laws, co-workers, could be supervisors, friends. Church folk can hurt you. There's a difference between church folk and Christians. You can be church folk and not be a Christian. 
You could be religious and not be a Christian. It was religious folk that put Jesus on the cross and thinking they were doing God's service. So just because a person wear the name of Christian don't mean they are Christian. You'll know them by their love, by their love. And so you don't want to be just church folk. You want to be the Lord's children to the glory of God. Uh, You may even experience self-inflicted pain where you keep beating yourselves up for past sins. We've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. And some of you keep beating yourselves up. But I serve notice on you today that there is sufficiency in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And he's enough for you. Uh, His blood is enough to heal our sin sick diseases. Uh, We've all made foolish decisions. We've all had missed opportunities. Some of you are stuck in a perpetual rut. It seems like you can't get out and you're getting older and yet you see no progress. And that's really bothering you. Others are you in pain because of betrayal and hurtful words. Um, Perhaps even hurtful words that you've said that you wish you can get back, but you can't. You just have to let it go and move on. All of these can spiral you into regression, all of which can spiral you into depression. And even for some, I hope not in your case, even suicidal thoughts. Suicide is so rampant in our society. It is at epidemic proportion even children contemplating suicide, giving up before they can even begin to live. That's why we ought not leave people unprayed for here because you don't know where people are in their thinking. You don't know what's going on in the hearts of people. That's why we ought to pray and come to the altar. You ought not be so uh, hasty to rush out of here to get to your car to be the first out when you're passing up somebody who's on the edge Uh, perhaps even on the verge of taking their lives. Allow me to give words of comfort and hope for those who are experiencing pain. Some of you are experiencing physical pains. Some of you are experiencing wounds from the past. Some of you are experiencing emotional pain. Some of you, perhaps you're under my voice and you're a hot mess. Some of you, you're angry. You're angry at yourself. You're angry at others. You're angry at God because he's not working according to your plan. And God wants me to belabor the point this morning to encourage you. And not only is this message for you, but it's for others that God is going to bring across your path because he wants to see you made whole. And when you are made whole, then you can properly minister to others and be such a blessing in times like these. Words of comfort and hope for those who are experiencing pains. Number one, uh, you're going to see some points from last week, and you're going to see many others you have not heard. So be prepared as you get a little of both. Pray to the Lord for your healing. Healing comes through prayer, and we're engaging in our 40 days of fasting and prayer. And we need to pray and then pray and then pray. Healing comes through prayer. God heals through prayer. And if he doesn't heal right away, he gives us the grace to wait until, until he does what he wants to do. Jeremiah 17, 14a says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. You can take all the medicine you want. You can take all the vitamins you want. 
You can see all the psychologists you want. You can get all the counseling you want, but you won't be healed till the Lord heals you. A doctor can set the bone, but God has to do the healing. You know what I'm talking about? He set the bones. I was talking to a dear friend of ours yesterday who was in a bad car wreck in Phoenix, Arizona on a motorcycle. And uh, his he cracked his eye socket and rib cages and nose and all of the things. And it was just a miracle that he's out of the hospital, ruptured his spleen. And the, the, the doctor said, you know, you, your, your rib cage and all these things, they're not broken in two, but they're all cracked. And so I told him, well, the Lord has to do the healing. He'll have to heal every crack and seal every crack. And he, doctors can set the bone, but God has to do the healing. God has to do the healing. And uh, we have to remember that if we want to be healed, pray for a healing. And when you stop praying, you are saying this is too much for Jesus. And we know better than that, don't we? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And there's nothing too hard for God. Number two, uh, hope's. Words of hope and comfort for those who experience in pain. Cry out to God for wisdom. Cry out to God for understanding. Cry out to God for discernment. Especially when you're going through trials and hardships that you don't understand. Many things life will throw at us. We won't know we'll come to the conclusion, what in the world is God doing through this? You will not understand everything that happens to you in this life. You will not understand. Maybe later you'll understand. Maybe 20 years later, three years later, maybe one year later. But at that moment when you're going through those crises, through those issues, you'll not understand everything in the midst of it. It's often said Hindsight is often what? 2020, but you have to let it get behind you first. Proverbs 2, 3 through 6 says the text, yes, if you cry out for wisdom. When is the last time you prayed for discernment? For discernment, to see things from God's perspective and lift up your voice for understanding. Lord, I don't understand where I am now. And I don't understand why you have me here. But one thing I know, I know is that you alone are God and you're God enough to help me even when I don't understand what you're up to. Amen. So and lift up your voice for understanding. Lord, give me insight. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. If you seek her as silver and search for her for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, the reverential fear of God, and find knowledge, find the knowledge of God in the midst of pain, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of trials. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge. And from God himself come understanding. He knows like only he knows. Thirdly, a third word word of encouragement and comfort to those who are experiencing pain. Realize this, serving others keep us from focusing on our personal circumstances. Serving others keeps us from focusing on our own personal circumstances. In other words, as you minister 
to others, you will soon find that your situation is really not as bad as you think. And sometimes you think you are bad off, but listen, there's nothing you're going through that somebody else has not already gone through. We've all gone through things. And sometimes you think your issue, your problem is the worst. Nobody is where you are. Listen, if you could take a, a close look at, at the people around you in life, in the activities of life, you hurry up and hush your mouth. Hush your mouth. You hush your mouth really, really quickly because you begin to see how bad off others are to the extent that it causes you to be quiet and start thanking God that your case is not as bad as you think after all. Serving others keeps us from focusing on our own personal circumstances. And that's why you ought to be in ministry. That's why you should be serving children. That's why you ought to be in the nursery. You're going through issues and trials. Start ministering to children. Children has a way of calming you. Oh, they can rattle you too now, but they, they, but they have a way. Those babies, just sit and rock a baby in a chair. And uh, feed, feed them, get, get the bottle. Some of y'all haven't had children in so long. You've forgotten what it feel like to, to get a baby and put the baby in your lap and just rock the baby and coddle the baby. Some of y'all need to do that. That's therapeutic. And that calms you down and takes your problem. Start, tutor, tutor a child in math or struggling. Sing in the choir. You know, singing lifts the spirit. Get your instrument and go get in the ensemble. Let's give the ensemble a big hand. Get it? Start, start strumming the guitar. Get your tambourine. Get you some Moroccos or some shakers. Shake, shake, shake. Make, make a joy for us. Do, do, do something. Stimulate yourself spiritually to the glory of God. Don't just sit there, look dry, and chew gum. You're not in a movie. Deny yourself the gum. Amen. Now you, I don't, that came in kind of quickly, but <laughs> but uh, but you know you can make a joyful noise. Come in here. Say, you know, I'm not going to come in here and sit, soak, and sour. I'm not going. God is too good to. I'm going to engage in worship. I'm going to get everything God has for me. I'm not coming in here to find fault. I'm not coming here to see who has what on. I'm not coming here to see who's singing off key. I'm not going to come here and see if the preacher studied the word. I'm coming here saying, Lord, fill my cup. Teach me what you will have me to know so that I can live life to the fullest of my potential, to the glory of almighty God. Start serving people. Nursing homes are those elderly uh, folk. Matter of fact, all the folk in a nursing home are not old. All kinds of ages, all kinds of circumstances. They're lonely. They're waiting on you. The Bible says when you've done done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. There are inmates in prison would love to have a letter from you through the prison letter writing ministry. Even more so, a visit from you. Get yourself qualified. Now, don't have a record now. You got a record. They may not let you out. But they do. I mean, I've been in that door ministry. But when they close those doors, bloom. You know, you better make sure you're right. You try to get out of there. Doors not going to open. So make sure you're clean. Amen. If you're not right, don't go in there. Don't go, don't, don't, don't go in there. 
Make sure you got it together. <laughs> but, but serve someone. It takes your mind off of your issues and off of your circumstances, off of your hurts, and off of your trials. Trials. Galatians 5, 13 and 14 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Fourthly, for those in pain and trials and challenges of life, we must learn invaluable lessons that our Lord desires to teach us through our trials. We must learn invaluable lessons that our Lord desires to teach us through our trials. There are lessons God wants you to learn. And sometimes God put us through these adversities to teach us lessons about ourselves that we wouldn't otherwise learn. Uh, Romans 15, 4 says, Romans 15, 4 says, whatever things were written before were written for our learning. All the things, all the scriptures and all the illustrations, all the, all the things in the Old Testament, the events and the accounts of the Old Testament, uh, in the New Testament, all the, the word of God will teach us a whole lot it was written for our learning. That's why you read the word, so you can learn from the experiences and the failures of others. All your lessons don't have to be hard learned. You can learn from the failures of others in life and from scripture that we through the patience and comfort, the scriptures will comfort you, of the scriptures might have hope. The scriptures will fill your heart with hope. Listen, beloved, our best lessons are learned through trials. Not good times, not when we're having it our way, not when we're getting what we want, how we want it, the way we want it. The best lessons are learned through our trials. Therefore, don't you dare miss the lesson that God is teaching you lest you have a repeat course. You don't want to repeat the course of trials. The first thing you need to ask yourself, don't don't ask yourself this one, why me? Stop asking why me because God will look at you and say, why not? Why not? That's the wrong question. You say, what is the right question? The right question is, Lord, what are you teaching your servant through this? What do you want me to learn? There's something you are trying to tell me. And Father, help me to know what you are teaching me. I don't want to go through this anytime soon. I want to get it right and I want to pass the trial course. So what are you teaching me? Not why me, but rather what are you saying to me through this? Wow. Number five, in the midst of hurt, pain, difficulties, trials, misunderstandings, live in hope. Live in hope. If you fail to live in confident expectation, 
that God will bring a breakthrough or deliverance, you will give up, you will live in fear, and you'll be distressed. Live in hope. Don't have a gloom and doom perspective. Don't be a pessimist. Live in hope. If you fail to live in confident expectation that God will bring a breakthrough or deliverance through whatever it is, a child, a sickness, a disease, on a job, trying to get to the next level, in education, in a course, a career, some kind of change or transition in life. Trust God for the breakthrough. Trust him for the deliverance. You'll give up. You'll live in fear and you'll be distressed if you fail to have a confident expectation in God himself. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 through 8 says, Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. When your hope is in God, you are blessed. When you don't make the team, when there's an injury as you play on the team, when you don't make the grade, when you can't pass the bar, when you can't pass the nursing exam, when you can't get the license, uh, when it's not working out, trust God. Live in hope. Live in confident expectation that God will provide a breakthrough in his time. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things he says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.